Post Reports is supported by One Life from Bleecker Street. Based on a true story, Anthony Hopkins stars as a man who rescued hundreds of predominantly Jewish children from the Nazis on the eve of World War II. Only in theaters Friday. Over the past two and a half years, I've had the privilege of taking four AP courses, three of which have been history-related. Juliet Heckman is a high school student living in Florida. Last month, she spoke at a press conference in support of a new advanced placement course that's still in its pilot stages. It's called AP African American Studies, and it attempts to present a college-level introductory course experience to high school students in history and culture in the African American Studies discipline. And it's attempting to give this kind of immersion in an essential piece of the American experience. Nick Anderson is an education reporter with The Post. He's been following the development of this new course by the College Board, which is the organization that runs the AP program. He says a lot of students are excited for it, like Juliet. When I heard the news that there was an AP course in the works that was designated specifically to African-American studies, I was grateful. Grateful in the sense that this side of history, one which is notoriously ignored and disregarded, would finally be given the proper and sufficient representation that it deserves. Now, you can only imagine how me and many of my classmates felt when we recently learned that because we live in the state of Florida, we would not be given the opportunity to take this course because it, and I quote, lacks educational value. AP African American Studies has become the center of a fraught battle in education. Juliet and other students threatened to sue after Florida's Republican governor blocked the course. Governor Ron DeSantis and his administration claim the class was contrary to Florida law. This course on Black history, what are one of, what's one of the lessons about? Queer theory. Now, who would say that an important part of Black history is queer theory? That is somebody pushing an agenda on our kids. And so when you look to see they have stuff about intersectionality, abolishing prisons, that's a political agenda. After the controversy spilled out in the open, the College Board released a new plan for what the course would teach. The thing is that the plan is different from the way it was in the earlier drafts. And a lot of people looked at the plan that the College Board released, and they looked at the things that Florida was saying. They drew some lines between the dots, and they said, oh, Florida made some complaints. The College Board's plan is different. Ergo, Florida must have caused the plan to change. But the story behind those changes is a lot more complicated than that. From the newsroom of The Washington Post, this is Post Reports. I'm Libby Casey, your guest host. It's Thursday, March 2nd. Today, the new AP African American Studies class that's become so controversial. My colleague Alahe Izadi spoke with Nick about how this course evolved over time and why it's become such a flashpoint. Nick, can you tell me about the origin story of AP African American Studies? Where does the story start with how this course came to be? Well, the first thing to know is that it's been in colleges for a long time, since at least the late 60s, early 1970s. Uh, it was an outgrowth of the civil rights movement. At the high school level, it's a much more recent idea. Um, it really picked up steam from the college board in fall of 2020 
which was, of course, the time of a profound national reckoning over race. After the George Floyd death, um, there was a lot of protest and movement for racial justice in America. And academics were thinking, well, what can we do? And so one of the things that occurred to folks is, hey, perhaps we should bring this whole discipline into the high school sphere and let's take a look at it. So that exploration started in the fall of 2020. It kind of gained steam in 2021. And the go-ahead for the course really occurred in 2021. At that point, the College Board started looking at college courses in very um, targeted universities to see what kind of African-American studies introductory courses they had. It's worth going back and saying to our listeners, what is the College Board? The College Board is in charge of the SAT. The College Board is also in charge of the Advanced Placement Program. It's nonprofit, but it's a major revenue organization and it's very influential in American education. There are about 38 AP courses now, and they're expanding that. The AP courses are designed to give students an opportunity to earn college credit if they pass a test after the course. So what goes into developing a new AP course, and what has the rollout of this particular course looked like so far? This course has had, I think it's fair to say at this point, a very bumpy rollout. The course is, as of last fall, in its initial pilot phase. Mm. As we speak, there are students and teachers in 60 high schools around the country that are taking it for a test drive. Uh, They're slightly more than halfway through the course at this point. And the teachers and students there are figuring out, especially the teachers, what works and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. And they're gathering that feedback and they're going to bring it in real time and, uh, and after the school year ends to the college board and to the development committee of the course. And they'll make adjustments. And then they will road test it again for one more year. Hmm. They will expand the pilot by adding a couple of hundred schools in the next school year that starts in August and September. And the idea is that after those two years of pilot, that the course will be available on a wider basis uh, in the fall of 2024. Generally speaking, what is actually in the course? What kinds of topics are students studying? Well, the course starts in an interesting place with the origins of the African diaspora. It spends about five weeks on that, and it drills down into where is the diaspora coming from in Africa, in the early African kingdoms and and city-states, and then takes the story from there through the Middle Passage and the the transport of enslaved people through the Caribbean and into the Americas. And then it develops the story from there, going through the story of the periods of slavery, the periods of the struggle for freedom, reconstruction, familiar things from American history, but going into depth in the historical and cultural pieces of that history and taking us through the 20th century um, in a very long sequence called Movements and Debates, looking at the civil rights movements, of course, and other important movements in 
African-American culture, and then sort of coming to the present day and some of the contemporary issues that America faces. What have students who've participated in the pilot thus far said about taking these courses? Well, our colleague, Sidney Trent, uh, a Washington Post reporter, went into a school in Baltimore where it's being tested out, and she observed a class there. And I think she found that the students are really engaged with the material. They are kind of amazed and interested to hear pieces of African-American culture and history framed in a way that sort of upends their assumptions. Sydney took a look at the concept of voodoo that was being taught in the classroom in a certain, on a certain day. And she discovered that the teacher was kind of changing up the idea of voodoo so that the students could see, oh, this is where it has its origins in, in certain religions and religious practices. And it's not necessarily a scary or bad term. It's, some, it's something that, you know, one can wrestle with and think about as a cultural and religious phenomenon. And I think the students appreciate that. They, they appreciate having an unvarnished and new way of looking at our history, our culture, in a way that um, kind of feels new and interesting and different. And um, so that was Sydney's experience in that classroom. I, I suspect it's being replicated uh, around the country. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see if the, if the pilots are successful, but no doubt there's a lot of students that are, um, you know, engaging with this in a way that they hadn't before. How has this course been received by particular public officials? <laughs> well, this is where this gets really interesting, right? Um, the College Board probably knew all along that this was going to get um, some pushback and some bumpiness. I don't think they expected this level of bumpiness. Mm. The course in the first few months of the pilot program was getting behind-the-scenes analysis from states, including Florida, but other states. They're looking at the documents and figuring out, okay, what steps do we need to do in order to start to integrate this into our state's offerings? Florida, quietly, last summer, raised objections. And in addition to that, there were articles written last fall by conservative critics of the course, people who looked at the initial document and said, oh, this is filled with left-wing political indoctrination. And, you know, we need to call the college board out on this while this is in development. Mm -hmm. So that was the, the situation as of last fall. But then the course behind the scenes continued to be developed by the professors and teachers and college board folks who are working on it. And you get to early this year and they're about to roll it out. It's the first day of African-American History Month coming up, February 1st. A little bit before February 1st, the state of Florida issues a broadside at the whole thing. The, the Florida Department of Education says, 
this course lacks educational value from what we've seen and we rejected. And this response from Florida, they were responding to the initial document that detailed plans for the course curriculum, right? The initial document was a first stab at what the course overall should cover. And it was a very sort of preliminary, the college board says, preliminary listing of um, topics, lessons, units, laying out what I just described about the origins of the African diaspora and movements and debates and so forth. But um, it was always intended to be something a, a starting point um, that was going to get refined. And the state of Florida uh, was, even at that point, still a little bit opaque about the kinds of things that it was upset about. But they they tweeted... Through, I'm sorry, through a tweet. Yeah. <laughs> they tweeted some objections. I see. To certain lessons, certain topics that they thought were problematic. Mm-hmm. And those uh, topics, including a reference to, I believe, black queer studies, intersectionality, a topic that was designed around uh, the studying the case for reparations. Those topics were and are fairly polarizing, controversial to... Politically. In, politically. Right. Politically. And so uh, Florida just called those out in a tweet. And, uh, and Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida, Republican, potential Republican presidential candidate, uh, also took note of that in some statements that he made before the college board released its plan. So if you read actually what's in there, they're advocating things like abolishing prisons. Now, now that's, a, that's a radical political position. You're free to take that in your own life. I don't think very many people would think that that would actually work. Um, but how is that being taught as fact to be able uh, to do that? Nick, when we're thinking about Ron DeSantis, who is expected potentially to run for president in 2024 and what's happened in Florida when it comes to education. I'm remembering there's the whole quote-unquote anti-woke law and what has been taught in schools has become a major political issue in that state. So is there any other way to view the objections raised by Florida and DeSantis in any other lens other than the political one? States have internal debates about history curriculum, about science curriculum. It's not unknown for states to do this. Uh, There have been states that have hashed out uh, whether evolution should be taught in biology, right? Um, This is not the kind of debate that is completely novel to states, right? But I think it's worth pointing out that there is this political context in Florida, and Florida is essentially critiquing the early version of what they saw of this course as something that has what they call a political agenda. DeSantis, coming from the right, is looking at this course's initial documents Mm -hmm. and saying, oh, you've got an agenda coming from the left. That's essentially what this boils down to As far as what he has said so far and what the state's Department of Education has Mm. said so far, it's worth pointing out that the state has not concluded yet whether it will accept the final version of the course framework. So we don't know whether they're going to reject it or not. That's still pending. 
After the break, Alahe and Nick dig into how the class curriculum changed in one month. We'll be right back. Post Reports is supported by One Life from Bleecker Street. Based on a true story, Anthony Hopkins stars as a man who rescued hundreds of predominantly Jewish children from the Nazis on the eve of World War II. Only in theaters Friday. Nick, can you tell me about how the framework released by the College Board in February differs from that early draft? What revisions were made and what your sort of reading and analysis is about why those revisions were made. As late as December, the word systemic was in the college board's drafts of the document, and then it disappeared. Completely. Completely. So you don't see anywhere in the document the word systemic. You can search on it on the PDF and not see it. Like systemic racism, for Systemic instance. marginalization, systemic oppression, systemic discrimination, etc. Now, systemic's a really important word. There's a lot of people who hang a lot of meaning on that word, um, both civil rights advocates who do, um, but also professors. Mm. And, and so uh, you have to wonder, well, why was that word taken out? Yeah. When it was in the document in a fairly substantial way as late as December. And, and you know, I think the answer is it was taken out because it was a, it was a politically charged word. And that word, the meaning attached to it in part, isn't it that there is something about the way people are marginalized or that racism plays out that is institutionalized. It's not individual systems it's or individual decisions. It's embedded within systems. Therefore, it's systemic. And that's part of the American argument right now politically. But yes, that's, that's exactly it. Another edit that changed uh, was the word intersectionality hmm. and its variations, intersections. And that word didn't entirely disappear, but it went from several references to one. Hmm. So when you look at those words, the college board says, hey, we're not, we're not blind. We see that, you know, that these terms are going to be challenging. They said to me, look, you know, we want this course to be widely available. We want it to be in all 50 states. We want as many students and teachers as possible to experience it. Uh, it's not a mandatory course. You know, it's, it's a course that's voluntary. You know, schools can choose whether to offer it or not. They want it to be widely disseminated because they think it's important. And so if, if they leave a couple of words on the cutting room floor, um, to them that doesn't do damage to the essential content of the course. It's almost like the words are triggering to people. Perhaps. But I think they were cognizant, frankly, of the, of the political atmosphere. Right, right. That's different in a way, from what I would call editing the structure of the course. And, and like eliminating entire themes or topics or areas of inquiry. And that structure, too, is a point of debate, mm. right? So let me give you a couple of examples. Reparations, movement for black lives or Black Lives Matter, incarceration. Those are important topics. Those were examples of optional topics for lessons 
that could be taught in a certain week of the school year. Mm -hmm. They were not going to be on the AP test in April of 2022, but they were optional lessons that would be on the end of the school year roster that could be chosen or not chosen. Yeah. Right? Now, a lot of people might say, well, gee, how could you have an African-American studies course that makes discussion of reparations or Black Lives Matter optional? Mm-hmm. That's a that's a question for debate. By the time the official framework of the course had been released, those matters had become pulled into a sample list of optional topics that a student might research for their research paper. That's a structural choice. Whether the college board made that structural choice and the professors and teachers who put together the course made that structural choice because of the influence of politics, I think that's a, that's a debatable point. The course development committee is composed of some very distinguished professors and teachers who say to me quite strongly that politics didn't influence their work. What do the teachers and academics and scholars who went into developing this course have to say about the resulting curriculum and the changes that were made over time and the results of those changes? For the most part, the ones I've talked to stand by the work and they like it. However, uh, they also acknowledge that this is academia and there's a lot of debate. They're not, they're not unaccustomed to that. They're not unaccustomed to debate. <laughs> And there are folks I've talked to who were on the inside of the development of the course who are kind of disappointed in some of the things that were left out. Like almost like a compromise was made and they're disappointed with that? Correct. Correct. And the compromises, the question is, were those compromises academic compromises or were they political compromises, Mm. right? And I think there's still some argument about that. Did, you know— from the inside, the faculty of America, they're wondering, well, gee, did, you know, did they cave, right, mm-hmm. to pressure? Mm-hmm. Or did they make legitimate choices in what ought to be taught and what can be taught to high school students? Remember, I think the what can be taught is a really important piece of this because you, the course has a lot of ground to cover. Nick, in all of your years covering education, have you ever seen anything like this where the development of an advanced placement course, which isn't exactly the sort of thing that normally gets national attention, have you ever seen anything like this before? Even the AP program does have a little bit of precedent here. Uh, The AP U.S. history course is a course that sometimes gets debated and updated. And there was an update of it in 2014 and got attacked politically. There were um, conservative analysts who said, wait a minute, this thing is stacked for the libs. You know, Hmm. what what are you doing here? And so they revised it. uh, Ultimately, they did take some feedback. And the course was, from its 2014 to its 2015 version in AP U.S. history, the course did change. Uh, Some of the folks on the left might think that the course changed back too much and yeah. that you know they weren't they weren't necessarily happy with it. So I guess what I'm saying is there are arguments about the way we teach and present American history. That's not really new to this. Um, what what is new I think here in this particular instance 
is the uh, very deep and and important element of race and racism and sort of all of its effects in the American history and culture being explored in a very deep way mm-hmm. and how they should be explored. You know, and it's interesting you're bringing this up and perhaps I should <laughs> disclose I'm a history major. And so I think a lot about history, but it, it does it does seem to me that history is one of those areas of study that becomes a proxy for arguments about what does it mean to be an American? What is the American story? What is the narrative that we've told ourselves about America? What is the true narrative? And to see those arguments play out in an AP class, I mean, it it kind of follows in that same vein that, of course, in some ways, like, this is the the class that would be politicized and that there be these arguments. Because what is it that what we're really arguing about is what does it mean to be an American and what happened in this country and what does that say about where we're going? Yeah, and well, frankly, isn't that kind of exciting? You know, mm. what what does it mean to be an American? To have that be an essential sort of part woven into the the fabric of courses in, that are now in high school, that's kind of cool. Why do you think that's kind of cool? Because, you know, students, high school students are very aware more aware than we give them credit for of the political environment that they're, you know, living in and studying in. I think that there's going to be a fair number of students who, because of all this buzz, have heard about African-American studies in a way that they hadn't heard before. And they'd probably be wondering, hey, you know, if this is offered in my, in my school, I might want to sign up for it. Thanks, Nick, so much for your time. You're welcome. Nick Anderson is an education reporter for The Post. He spoke with my colleague, Alahe Azadi. That's it for Post Reports. Thanks for listening. Today's show was produced by Jordan Marie Smith. It was mixed by Sean Carter and edited by Rena Flores. Before we go, I want to let you know that you can listen to Washington Post podcasts like Post Reports and The Seven ad-free on Amazon Music if you have a Prime membership. Wherever you listen, be sure to subscribe to our show so you don't miss an episode. I'm Libby Casey. We'll be back tomorrow with more stories from The Washington Post. Post Reports is supported by One Life from Bleecker Street. Based on a true story that touched the world, Anthony Hopkins stars as Nicholas Winton, a man who helped rescue hundreds of predominantly Jewish children from the Nazis on the eve of World War II. Fifty years later, he's haunted by the fate of those he couldn't save. He's unexpectedly celebrated on national British TV by many of those he rescued. Variety calls One Life a testament to the power of good. Only in theaters Friday.